0: Welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student.
1: We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school.
0: My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment.
1: Welcome back. We have mentioned in other episodes that COVID-19 has impacted dentistry as a profession and you've probably seen this on the news as well. So in this episode we're going to discuss this in a little bit more detail with the help of our guest Dr Laura Kerr. Laura is a principal dentist and a VT trainer at a general dental practice in Dumfries and Galloway in Scotland and she also works on the NHS health board as a dental practice advisor. Hi Laura, thanks for joining us today.
2: Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me.
0: Hi, Laura. How are you doing?
1: I'm
2: very well, thank you.
0: Good to hear. How have you found the lockdowns that have been going on?
2: Like I think everyone, I find the lockdowns uh, challenging in many ways. I think it's been both challenging at work and at home. I've got a young family, so um, I've had two children off school for many months, both this year and last year, um, and a busy dental practice that we've been trying to going um, as much as we can through the pandemic so it certainly had its challenges
0: yeah a lot to juggle
2: yeah but there's also been some positives I've spent a lot more time with my my children than I normally get to spend with them Um, and as a busy working mum that's that's been a real privilege Um, so it's not been all bad for me Um, my husband was as well um, as an optician so he was wasn't working for me uh, several months last year so he was also at home so it was quite nice as a family to spend time together, which we've never never had the privilege of. Um, so, yeah, there were some good, good sides to it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. COVID has stopped the whole world and everybody's managed to spend such valuable time with family. So one of the positives, I suppose. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Laura, and how you got into dentistry?
2: So um, I decided I wanted to do dentistry when I was at secondary school. Um, probably towards the end of secondary school when I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, um, I went and did some work experience at a local dental practice and I realized that the job um combined both working with your hands and talking to people. So um it was a very active job. And um from from there I then went to Cardiff University and studied dentistry down in Wales. Um, and then came back to my, my hometown and um did my vocational training the year there and then after that I did general professional training in the community dental service and up at Glasgow Dental Hospital in oral surgery and from there I then went back to general practice to my vocational training practice where I worked as an associate dentist and then um, I decided after a short four years to open a squat dental practice um, 15 miles down the road in Dalbyte and since then I've been the principal dentist at the practice for um, 11 years. It's a four-surgery practice, we've got a team of 13 and it's a busy uh, mixed and NHS and private practice. Um, I've taken on a new graduate dentist, so vocational trainee, um, every year for the last nine years And I've been working for the health board um, as dental practice advisor for the last four years. Um, That means that I'm out of the practice one day a week and it gives me a bit more um, diversity to my my job role. Um, I found that being in the practice full time, you were in the same room all day, every day. And it was quite nice, actually, to get out um, and have a reason to go and visit other practices, see other dentists. And um, uh, certainly it's diversified my, my job quite a bit by doing that one day a week.
1: It sounds like you've got such an established career in dentistry and you sound so passionate about it as well. Um, With all your years that you've been working in dentistry so far, how do you feel that COVID-19 has impacted dentistry?
2: I think without a doubt, COVID-19 has certainly impacted dentistry um, in both a a negative and a positive way. Um, We'll start on the positives because it's always good to start with um, the positive aspects. So the positive aspect is that it's made Our patients recognise that we are an essential service and it's made them realise how essential we are um, and how important their teeth are. When they didn't have access, when dental practices were closed in March of 2020, suddenly people realised that they they did need us. Um, And going forward, um, as we reopened, because of social distancing, because of all the uh, measures that had to get put into place, um, we now spend a lot more time with our patients, and that um, has meant that you've got more time to build up a rapport with your patients. Um, and so that's been a positive impact um, for the, for certainly for the practice. Unfortunately, though, there is there has been um, a lot of negative uh, impacts. There's a huge backlog of, of dental dental care that's um, been unmet. Um, there it's a new completely new way of working. Working is a lot more challenging um because of um the protective equipment the ppe that we have to wear um we've got limited capacity to see people because everything takes so much longer and i think it will be a long time until uh, normality resumes in the dental world unfortunately
1: and how do you feel about the changes that have been made
2: i think the changes that have been made to dentistry the main changes have been um the we have to wear um personal protective equipment ppe um for both routine care and um, advanced care so aerosol generating procedures AGPs, which is when you do any sort of fillings or um treatment that involves a dental drill that uses air and water we always did wear um safety glasses gloves masks um and and scrubs but now we have to wear more we have to wear it for for everything um, uh, it, and when we're wearing the advanced PPE so respirators and surgical gowns it's a lot harder, it's it's tiring, it's physically a lot more demanding than it's ever been but yet we're seeing fewer patients, we've got quieter diaries but we're far more physically tired than we've, we've ever been. So it certainly has been a challenging time. As, as practices, we've had to set up new um, standard operating procedures. So the way we work, the way we operate, um, the way, even the way we um, organise staff rotas, staff lunchtimes, staff break times, because we have to ensure that our staff aren't socialising um, too closely, that they, they have adequate uh, space when they're stopping for breaks and lunches and they can get use of things uh, like the kitchen.
1: It's sort of, there's so much to think about as a result of what COVID-19, had like the way that has impacted dentistry. And with regards to like the standard operating procedures and the PPE that has been sort of um, advised to wear for, well, for everything, as well as the AGPs, how have your team members sort of managed these changes?
2: I'm very fortunate that I've got a very established team. Um, and the way we we worked it was that we brought the team back gradually so we didn't bring everyone back at once we brought everyone back gradually and as members of staff came back although many of them had been working for me for many years they had an induction back to the practice um, whereby they got shown the new processes in place and they got shown um. The way to to don how to put on their PPE, how to to doff it as well, to remove their PPE. Um, we spent quite a lot of time with staff and also making sure that staff's well being um, was was okay. It's it's been really difficult. Uh, some staff were stuck at home for for several weeks uh, or some for several months. But as a team, we've stuck together. We've came through it. We're a very close knit team and um, we're very fortunate that we've been there for one another. Um, and I think what we've also recognised, particularly in the second lockdown, is that we're really fo- the fortunate ones. We're going out to work every day, we're seeing people, we're able to socialise. It might be at work with our work colleagues, it might be with patients, but we're having other adult interactions. And for some people, some professionals, um, are stuck working from home day in day out, they're not seeing other people and um, they're not getting the social interaction that we're getting. So we're very fortunate that we can go to work and although work is hard there is positives from us being there for sure um, compared to those that are unfortunately having to work from home and stay at home. The other thing that we found which I think it has to be touched upon is many of the dental workforce are female now um, and certainly my practice we've got three members of staff off on maternity leave. Um talking to other colleagues in other practices, it's um there's a lot of um females on maternity leave or that will be going on maternity leave. So um because of the, the risk to pregnant ladies, that's also impacted workforce in that there's um more staff that were having to go off when they're from 28 weeks um and having to do risk assessments for staff. But um it's also been positive because we've got something nice happening. We've got members of the team going off and starting a family. So that that's not all negative. It certainly um, is a nice thing during a, a, a difficult year for people to have good news. So it's certainly not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of good news amongst everything that's happened. And I think you you said it perfectly there that going into work, you know, isolation at home for a lot of people has been very isolated. So being able to come into work every day and interact with almost like your own wee extended bubble, and then see patients as well is a great positive to COVID, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. And then I think, as you say, it's an extended bubble. They're now the people I've spent more time with my dental nurse than my own family for the last however many months. They, 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 you know, my extended family that are, aren't aren't living nearby. Um I can, you know, I know that I can see my dental team every day. I might not see my brother and sister for a few more months, so it's it's certainly it, it's been good for all of us. I think
1: it sounds like you've got such a supportive team, and I mean, I can. I can sort of say from my experience that it is supportive, and um, a great team to work for. And you mentioned there that, um, your dental nurse. So have you sort of arranged that you have one dental nurse per clinician, or do they rotate? Or so um, pre COVID, I, I had a
2: system whereby the dental nurses um I rotated around the dentists on a sessional basis, um which. For for many people they'd find that strange because they're very much, you know, a dentist has their own dental nurse. But it mean meant that every member of the the, the nursing support team could support the dentist, the dental therapists, the vocational trainees. So it actually meant that everyone had a great skill set. Um, And all four surgeries are set up with materials in the same drawers. So it worked out really well. But we recognised that coming back into COVID, that that wouldn't work because there was too much interaction um, and mixing of of different people. So we now um, stick to to bubbles whereby it tends to be the same dentist and nurse work together. um, And the receptionist is very much um, in her own um, space Whereas normally the receptionist would have other people um, assisting her, um, she's, she's got her own headset for the telephone, um, and the computers are all sort of cleansed so that nobody else can, can can touch them. So yeah, there's been changes for everyone, including you know the the reception and administration side of things.
1: And I think that's really important to highlight as well. Like it's not just the dental treatments that have been affected; it's like the whole team, and um, whether they're sort of clinical staff or not.
2: Yeah, even down to the practice cleaner now has to wear PPE when she's working. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got new protocols and procedures um, for, for for cleaning the practice um, when we're not there. Um, so it has uh, quite literally affected every member of of the team.
1: And with. So you mentioned like standard operating procedures. Um, So that's sort of like the paperwork side of things. But was there anything physically that you had to do to the layout of your practice to facilitate like a better flow for patients?
2: So um, whilst we were closed, it gave me a lot of time to sort of look at what have we got and what could we utilise with what we've got without making too big an investment into changes. Um, So decided to um, install in the waiting room. Um, hand washing facilities rather than just sanitizer. Because we're a rural practice, we've got quite a few um people with um outdoor occupations, farming, forestry, um, that sort of thing. Um and although hand sanitizer is good for clean hands, um I felt there was too many people would be coming in with dirty hands. So um I installed a hand washing sink, um some soap dispensers, uh, sanitizer dispensers and, uh, and paper towels and so on. Um, we also set up uh, visual markers on the floor, so two metre markers on the floor. And we've, because of the design of the building, we're very fortunate. Um, we can set up with two doors, so we have an entrance A and an entrance B. So two surgeries have one entrance, and two surgeries have another entrance. And so it very much means that patients don't mix. All payments where possible are done with them. Um, card card payment so the card payment device goes is obviously wireless and can go in all the surgeries so that's trying to protect our reception team wherever possible and keep patients away from reception we've put up um shields at reception and we've also put a big table so we've physically made a barrier so they can't get near a receptionist um so we're just trying to keep everyone as, as safe as we can. But as I say, we're we're fortunate in that it's a big practice. It's got a big car park. Patients, um, because we're rural, many of them drive into their appointments anyway, so they can wait in their cars. Patients telephone us when they arrive. Um and yeah, just different systems and looking at what we had so we didn't have to try and put too many too many new expensive measures in. We just trying to utilise the space as best we could.
0: Yeah, I think that's a kind of sensible way to go around things. And it sounds like you've got a great system in place just now to deal with that kind of flow of patients through the practice. And I take it that patients have been quite compliant with that and they're getting used to that new system now, are they?
2: Yeah, we made a video um, before we reopened to tell them what was happening. Um, which we put on social media, and we also could send out by email. Um, and also, we now telephone every patient before they come in. They'll get a telephone call the day before. Um, and if they haven't been to the practice since the COVID restrictions, the receptionist will talk them after she does their COVID triage with them to find out if they've got any symptoms. Um, she'll then talk them through um, what's, what's involved. And um, then when they come, it doesn't come as a great surprise to them, what's, what's happening. Um, they come prepared and um, yeah patients again they've been they've been great they've taken it in their stride um, they can see it's very visual what we've done they can see we've put measures in place I think most patients are delighted how safe they feel Um we've made it you know feel as as welcome as we can but also as safe as we can so um, and I think patients appreciate that they want to know where they're going to safe um, and and that's certainly been the feedback they've given us: is that they feel they've not been, you know, they've only maybe been to the supermarket the last few months, but they feel safe coming to visit us. So that's reassuring.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's a really important point there about people feeling safe. And you know, they've been told to stay at home, um, to not leave the house. So for a lot of people coming to the dentist already was quite an anxious and daunting thought. So with all these measures in place, that might have been made worse potentially. And you were mentioned earlier about the kind of enhanced PPE and adding more layers between you and the patient. In terms of kind of communication with the patient, do you think that makes it harder to build that rapport, having the extra PPE and trying to deal with patients that are maybe quite anxious about attending?
2: I think um, because before I see them with the advanced PPE on, I'll have seen them with a standard PPE, like a normal mask on, then... I, I think that we've managed to establish what's happening at their next appointment. Um, and then when they come in for their treatment, it doesn't come as a great surprise to see us dressed in you know, gowns mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Again, because I'm, I'm probably in a slightly um, advantageous position that my patients, many of them have came to me for over 10 years. So um, they know me, I know them. And um, when there's treatment getting undertaken, yes, communications may be slightly harder, but it's it it, it certainly it's not prohibitive to, to treating my patients, and certainly not said that the um has made treatment any more unpleasant. And I think you get used to it, like everything in life. The first couple of weeks, I thought I would never manage. I was never going to be able to do this. I was so sore. I was so tired. Couple of you know a few months down the line, um, well more than a few months down the line, several months down the line, it's normal. It's how we do dentistry. Um, you know, it it, it's just part of every our everyday working life now, and patients that have have been for treatment are now getting used to it.
1: And do you think these changes that have been put in place, like the PPE and things like that, do you think that, like, well, how long do you think that's going to be around for?
2: I think it's going to be around for, for for a substantial period of time. I don't think we um should delude ourselves into thinking that when the lockdowns are over, when we're all vaccinated, that life will go back to how it was. Um, and what certainly myself and my team have recognised is that we actually, we quite like it. it we didn't realise how, um, you know, you look at, you've taken out perhaps, perhaps um, taking out a, an amalgam, a silver, a big silver, old silver filling. And even with using, you know, the dental suction you might have a rubber dam on a patient. So isolating the tooth, it creates a lot of aerosol. You look at your gown and it, it it's not clean. It, you know, it's splattered, your visor splattered. And that was all going on to us and going into our hair. And actually, um, it's quite nice to know that we're now not getting covered in, in all these particles. So whilst it would be lovely, it would be more comfortable, particularly in the summer months, it would be a lot more comfortable to not be wearing all this PPE. Um I I also recognize that maybe um we might have it for for a long period of time. And that's it's not necessarily a bad thing. It might be for the younger dentists, so for your generation, that you'll never know anything other than that. That that's just how your job is and it's a change we've had to embrace. Who knows? Or it might be in two years' time we'll look back and we'll laugh at the big downs that we wore for for a couple of years because of COVID, I, I really don't know what direction it'll take. I wouldn't be against it being a long-term thing, personally.
0: Yeah, I think that does sum up the whole pandemic and in, in general that you know nobody knows which way it's going to go, and it, it wouldn't be a surprise where it went.
1: It's really interesting to see your take on it as well. So you mentioned there like the new generation and that you're a VT trainer. How do you feel your Um, trainee that you have right now is sort of coping with you know just graduating and then having to have all these changes straight away? She's coping brilliantly Um, and
2: I think because actually it's all she's known in general practice she came into um, general practice during a pandemic so she came in she found out what PPE she had to wear she found out what the procedures were and she just got on with it she's not been in general practice in normal times so for my trainee it, it it's normal. It's it's never been any any different. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think we've just got to em- embrace it. And complaining doesn't make it go away. Our training year is an extended training year. So normally it would be from August to August, and it started late. It started in September because of the restrictions. Um, and it's going to be for two years rather than one year, which. In, in our practice, it means that we're in the very fortunate position that we've got stability for two years, that my patients don't have a change of dentist, um, that our trainee will have a full complement of a, a care that she'll be able to do um, and really establish relationships and rapport with patients. So it, it's it's not a negative thing for us at all.
1: And how have you found it as, a, as her trainer? It's been
2: hard as a trainer because you can't just pop in and out normally i'm very much there and you know if i've got five minutes i pop in have a little look see what they're doing um i you will nip through give a little hand when they're doing something but you can't just pop in and out anymore If they're doing a filling or some kind of active treatment, you can't enter the surgery unless I don the full PPE before going in. So it meant it has meant that my trainees been a lot more self sufficient. There's been a lot less um, requests for me to just pop through and have a little look see, Um, and so it's it's been quite hard in that respect because I'm so hands on um, and usually like to be in and out quite a lot. Um, and I've just got to trust that if she needs me, she will get me uh, and that she knows where our boundaries are mm-hmm. for what she's able to do and what she's not able to do.
1: And I suppose that's probably um, highlighting part of the training that she probably needs to undertake in the VT with like competency and like knowing your boundaries and knowing when to refer and things like that. Yeah,
2: um, but we. I am still in with her um, on a fairly regular basis for, um, so we do select so, so longitudinal evaluation performances, which is when I sit in with her for, for patients, seeing how she gets that on. So I normally sit in once or twice a week for an hour or so each time um, observing treatments. So although I'm not in as frequently, I'm still there and available. Um, and the good thing, you know, with her computer system means that she can, you know, quite often I'll get questions fired through to me, pinged through across the messenger system, and I can just reply. And actually often historically I would have popped through, but it was something I could have answered in two sentences. Um and so maybe it has made made them realise that actually I don't I don't need somebody to physically be there, but I just need an answer to a question.
0: Do you think that's maybe changed your approach to your role? going forward in terms of helping to train the vts
2: yeah i think i think it has um because we always talk about in the in the trainee world like the open door policy and now it's very much a closed door policy you don't go (laughs) you don't go in you don't want too many people in the surgery so it, it has been a different approach i would quite like it if we could have more of an open door um policy so that also trainee can you pop into my surgery because quite often I would say to my trainee, once you're finished with your patient, if you've got nobody coming in, why didn't you come through and watch I'm doing um, maybe a root canal treatment or doing a difficult set of dentures? Something that I feel be a useful learning tool, I would encourage them to be in with me for. But now I um, would be less encouraging to bring them into something that they maybe don't need to be in for. Um, so yeah, that that hopefully will change. And they'll be t- to spend a bit more time in with me. Mm-hmm.
1: So you mentioned like the chat function on the system that you use and it sort of highlights the um the advances in technology. Is there any sort of technology that has been utilized during the sort of COVID pandemic time in dentistry? Um yeah, well certainly when, when dental practices first closed, um what we did was
2: um locally in, in every health board area, we set up urgent dental care centres um, and at those centres we used remote triaging of patients so both telephone and video um, video conferencing facilities with patients to triage patients so that's certainly something that we'd never really done before but we're now doing it more frequently and certainly there's still some practices that are doing quite a lot of telephone triaging um, and it is it is useful to to speak to patients over the telephone and establish what the problems are before they come in Um, It was always something that we we did um, do uh, subconsciously with the receptionist finding out about what the problems are, um, but certainly not in the same structured fashion that we're doing it now.
0: So you mentioned there, Laura, about how the way in which patients have access to dentists has changed and how technologies kind of came along and helped with bridging that contact. How have patients responded to that and not been able to have such wide access to dentists as they have done in the past
2: i think patients have responded really well and um, all things considered um i think that we are now in a position where we are able to see patients and we're able to treat them um, in a more normal fashion um, and one of the downsides to the being triaged and remote access to dentists is that now they have this um They feel that they they should just be getting issued prescriptions over the telephone and they feel they maybe shouldn't come to appointments. And actually, it's always better to see a patient and to properly assess them. Um, And so I think that that might be going forward. We we spent years trying to not give antibiotics where they weren't necessary. We then spent several months during COVID-19 Giving out antibiotics because it was the only line of defense we had for people with, with dental problems. And now we've got to try and reverse this um, psychology of antibiotics will fix it um, because they were just given out because of the pandemic situation and not necessarily because that was the best route of care. Um, but patients they, they embrace change, they've they've gotten on with it really well. Um and certainly um even the, the older generation have um yeah gotten to grips with it probably better than some of the younger ones as well to be honest.
0: Yeah and I've heard myself, um, I don't know about you, but patients kinda having a go at dentistry themselves at home and using kind of DIY kits to dress teeth and things like that. And do you think that will maybe have challenges in the future with patients that, like you say, expect antibiotics and they maybe think that certain things should be done?
2: Um, in, in some respects, possibly. But I also think it's mean, meant that during this pandemic, we've had to um, be responsible for our own health. We've had to look at ourselves and think, well, what, what's important? Um, And actually, patients, um are responsible for their own dental health they're the ones that brush their teeth twice choose whether or not they brush their teeth twice a day they choose whether they have a high sugar diet they choose whether they smoke whether they drink alcohol um, and so i think that actually the buck stops with them in a lot of respect. and if they choose to neglect their teeth um then that that's their their choice and i think that also whilst we've encouraged patients Uh, particularly when we're closed, to to buy these kits and do temporary fillings, they've realised that actually they can stick their crown back in themselves and it'll last a week or two till they can get seen. And it's not as urgent as they might have felt it was two years ago, a year or two ago. Um, And that yes, they might not have a front crown because it's fallen out, but it's my front crown. They're still, they're still here. They can cut, wear a mask when they're out chopping um, and so on and so forth. So actually, in some respects, it's given us a little bit of breathing space because there's not the same sense of urgency that there once was. We're all going about with our sort of um, hair that was uncut and and so on. And actually, a chipped tooth, if it's not bothering them, not causing any symptoms, it's not the urgent thing that it once once was. Um, so in some respects, it's been quite useful for the profession because it's made people realise what's, what's urgent and what's, what's non-urgent. Yeah, I think that's
0: an interesting way to think about it, actually. And I probably hadn't considered the kind of urgency of things and patients getting an appreciation of things that are maybe not as urgent as what they initially thought they were and that it's kind of not the end of the world if they don't get treated straight away. Um, obviously if it's an emergency you guys will treat it so w- what are the other kind of impacts that Covid has had on patients would you say?
2: I think obviously with, with the backlog of care um, with the, the waiting lists for care it's meant that patients have to wait wait longer and once they're seen again they have to wait longer for their appointments um, but actually they've had to wait for everything so COVID's taught them that you just, just have to wait. If you're going into a supermarket, sometimes you have to wait outside. Um, it's slowed us all down in life, in so many aspects of life. And it's meant that where a patient might normally be, I've got, you know, um, perhaps a bit disappointed they have got to wait three or four weeks for their treatment. Um, now they just accept that, well, I have to wait three or four weeks. There's some people that have been waiting a year. So um, I think it's made patients realise that, um, they're they fortunate they've got access to something and that sometimes they have to wait um, particularly if it's something that's that's, that's non, non-urgent non or non-essential um, then generally most people are, are happy to wait.
1: So just going back to like the emergencies there and like the need for the triage from what I can sort of gather it sort of highlights how important medical history taking and like a comprehensive background of the patient is and Therefore, like more of like a holistic sort of care and things like that. You mentioned antibiotics. Is that part of the what I've heard the AAA approach? Um. yes. Yeah. So when
2: patients were unable to access routine care, we took um the triple A approach. So um advice, analgesics or antibiotics, and analgesics or pain relief. Um and it was a very AAA approach. It was an approach we'd never taken. Um, we were always taught um, at, at university um, and in our training that you should always look for the cause of the problem and treat the cause um, and not just treat the symptoms. Um, and unfortunately, we just had to treat symptoms as best we could. Um, and that, I think, as I said earlier, it meant that patients now, because they've had several months of this, Triple A approach now think that oh maybe I could just telephone the dentist and they'll just send me a prescription and I don't need to to go in, but actually no, we want to start treating the the cause of the problem rather than just the
0: symptoms. And is the triple A approach then no longer kind of in practice or to a lesser degree?
2: To, to a far lesser degree, um, we would we take that approach um, and. For- Unfortunately, care homes haven't had the access to care, um, dental care because they've been in lockdown for several months. Um, so when we've been dealing with our care home patients, I've got quite a lot of um care homes that I cover. Um, I've had to take that approach um with, with some of my patients that are in lockdown in care homes. We're fortunate now that we can we can get into care homes and do emergency uh, treatment um of these patients. And I think they have been um been struggling a bit with with their lack of access to care for, for so long when they're so vulnerable anyway.
1: Absolutely. And is that um, what you would refer to as like domiciliary visits?
2: Yeah, so going into um, patients' own homes and care homes is domiciliary visits. Um, and although some of these people that are in residential care can still access and come out to the dental practice, what a lot of care homes have said is that if a, a resident comes into the dental practice, when they go back to the care home, they must quarantine for two weeks. Um, and I felt that um, I it was a very um, difficult thing uh, to do, to ask of someone you know, to come in and see me and then have to quarantine for two weeks. So I, I have elected um, with appropriate PPE um, and procedures in place to, to visit them in the care home. Um, and then they don't have to be quarantined.
0: It's a great way to do it and obviously saving those patients that two weeks of quarantine just after a visit to you guys and you mentioned there about kind of the elderly generation and how COVID has impacted their oral health and their access to dentistry. How has COVID impacted those in the younger generation?
2: I think it's it's impacted um, children greatly as, you, as you're obviously greatly aware that schools have been shut for a number of months, both in 2020 and 2021. So children um, have been at home. Many children will have been um, snacking on quite a lot of high sugar snacks. Um, They may have got into um, different routines because they're not getting up for school. They're getting homeschooled, so they're not brushing their teeth the same. Um, Parents might be working from home and uh, things might be quite challenging at home, so your know, diets might be poorer than they maybe once were. For some families, the the parents may not be uh, employed any longer, income might be affected, again, diets um, will be affected by that. Um, so I think that children's oral health, it must have had a big impact on it, the, the lasting impact of COVID-19 on children's oral health. Also, we've not seen seen some of them for several months, if not a year, uh, because, as I say, backlog of of patient care, which means things like orthodontic assessments are behind um, when they maybe could have been referred for an uh, intervention. They might have missed um, the the window of opportunity for that as well. So I do worry what impact it's had on, on children's oral health. And I think we really will have to focus going forward on prevention being better than cure. Um, even more so now, and getting the the, the entire population to realise that they're responsible for both their their oral health and their their general health. Um, But um, as you're aware, dental decay is a preventable disease, Um, Gum disease um, is a preventable disease in many, many cases. And oral cancer is caused by uh, predominantly smoking and alcohol consumption, which again is controlled by the, the person that, that takes these substances. So I do think that COVID-19's us that we need to be a bit more responsible for, for our own health and our own actions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we've sort of mentioned like the negatives that COVID-19 has had on patients, like generally um on their oral hygiene potentially as well as their general health but on returning to seeing your patients have you sort of noticed any improvements whether that be in their general health or their oral hygiene as well?
2: Yes I certainly find that there's there's some patients who um, maybe weren't as good with their oral hygiene as they could be but they've now got time they're not rushing out the house in the morning to get to work because they're working from home um, they've got they're not having to rush to take the children to school so they've got time to brush their teeth and um, they're aware that they've maybe not got the access to care they once had so they're looking after their teeth far better than they've ever looked after them they've started to um you know their daily exercise they're doing an hours of e- an hour of exercise every day which they might never have done in the past so many um, of them patients are coming in and they're they're fitter and healthier than they've ever been Unfortunately, there's also the other side to the coin where we've got patients that um haven't been as fortunate, that um unfortunately it's maybe impacted their, their mental health and well being. They're not no longer motivated to look after their teeth, they've not seen us, they've not seen the hygienist, they've lost the, the, the motivation they once had and their, their oral hygiene isn't as good as it was. Their gum disease is maybe flaring up because of their lifestyle choices. So there has been Two quite distinct groups. But fortunately, we're back seeing patients um, and hopefully with the right measures in place and the right messages going out to patients that they'll start the the home care of their, their own teeth will start to improve again.
0: With practices reopening and the access to dentistry widening again, just to think back on when the practices were closed, how did you spend your time? when they were closed?
2: Well, because of my other role as dental practice advisor out with the practice, initially I was very involved in the establishing of the urgent um, dental care centers. So a lot of my time was spent um, establishing where these were gonna be, how these were gonna be led, um, going to a lot of uh, remote meetings, uh, learning get my hands, um, getting to grips with Microsoft Teams, going to a lot of meetings um, in that respect and um, also triaging my own patients when I wasn't wasn't doing that. As uh, the pandemic progressed, the urgent dental care centres opened. I took a regular slot working um, at the Galloway Community Hospital in Strunraar, which is about 60 miles away um, from the practice. So I did that um, at least one day a week. And I also worked at the, the COVID hub, I got redeployed from my dental practice advisor post um, when the centres were set up and I then worked at the COVID hub, which was the assessment clinical assessment centre for patients with uh, COVID symptoms. Um, and I did this uh, for, for several weeks as well. Um, out, outside work, um, it was a good time to... Um, re-establish a lot of the paperwork at the practice, go through all the policies and procedures, um, clear out filing cabinets, um, get on top of things that I had been meaning to do for, for quite a protracted period of time. Um, and it was a great opportunity to just have a right, good clear out and, and sort out of things at the practice when there wasn't patients um, to be seen. Um, so there definitely was some positives and um, we're now on top of a lot of things that were on always on the back burner to get to get done. It was also a good opportunity to get um, do some CPD as well, do some uh, some some extra learning, um, whether it be t- to do with COVID or just some educational things um, in general. And also spent a lot more time with my family, so um, it was certainly time well spent when I wasn't seeing my patients and time I'll, I'll never get back again. So it wasn't wasn't all bad for me.
1: It sounds like you utilised that time pretty well, um, considering the amount of time that everybody sort of had off. How did you find being redeployed um, and sort of being in a new role?
2: So uh, at first when I got redeployed um, to the the COVID hub, it was certainly daunting. I um, had to learn how to use a stethoscope. Um, I had to, to learn how to assess somebody with with COVID symptoms whilst keeping myself safe. Obviously my, um, my clinical uh, lead couldn't be in the room with me when I was assessing, learning how to assess the COVID patients in the early days. So um, it was certainly challenging, but a challenge that it was good to embrace because at a time when you felt you wanted to do something and um, we were unable to do very much, it actually was, was a good time. It was, um, And also, the teams that I was working with, I was working with paramedics, I was working with um, general nurses, I was working with GPs, um, and we we built up a great rapport. We were people that would never normally have met or worked together. Um, it was in some respects quite quite a fun and interesting time um out with out with seeing the patients, um, getting to know other colleagues and other aspects of healthcare. So again, there was a positive side to it.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people listening will probably be quite intrigued to hear that. Dentists were redeployed, and it is great, as you say, as dentists to kind of get that insight into other aspects of healthcare as well, out with dentistry.
2: Yeah, and certainly, like my um, my associate that works at the practice and several local dentists, they redeployed to um, the the swabbing, the COVID swabbing. So these were swabbing a lot of the the COVID patients, and um, because we're obviously used to looking in patients' mouths and being um, in close proximity to patients um and certainly it, it made us feel a lot more useful if we could do something to help
1: yeah absolutely following on from that is there anything that you have learned about your own clinical practice during the time that well the dental practice was shut down and that you were redeployed and things like that
2: um I think it's it's made me realize that the real importance of having a good teamwork strong strong teamwork and having a strong team behind you um whether it was when I was redeployed or when I came back to the practice and brought my my team back gradually it was so important that we had a strong team in our clinical practice because we've really had to be there for one another whether it be that we'd had a bad day and um, homeschooling our children trying mm-hmm. trying to get used to wearing the PPE in the early days and um, treating patients We've we've had to be there for one another. So I think the importance of a strong team, looking after your team and making sure that you look after one another to get get through these difficult things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And overall, what has going through COVID taught you?
2: I think it's taught me that that, that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And we've got to keep looking forward. There's no point looking back. There's no point looking back and criticizing mistakes and criticising that things could have been done better and the practices shouldn't have been shut. Um, things were done at a time when we ha- decisions just had to be made, rightly or wrongly, decisions had to be made. And I think we've just got to keep going forward, not keep revisiting things that people might call mistakes, because it can't be changed and you can't turn back time. And... Um, we've just got to be grateful for what we have got um, and look forward to when life has some sort of normality to it and when we can start doing things that, that make life more enjoyable.
0: Yeah exactly and hopefully I mean everybody will be hoping that that is sometime soon.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a really good um, way of looking at it as well having that sort of positive outlook on it.
2: Yeah I think I think all too often people have looked, are, are are looking back and being so negative about it all and yeah it's not been a great time but we're coming out the other side of it and we're we're the fortunate ones we're well and we're coming out the other side of it we've got a business we've got um patients we've got a career and a profession and there's many 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 people far worse off than us so i think we've got to look at look at that side of things
0: yeah i think that's well said
1: i think that even sort of um relates to us as well with the whole extension <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's it i mean Like you say, we're past it now. So, looking back and being negative about it doesn't change what's happened. But taking the positives from it and trying to take them into the future is probably the best way to look at things.
2: Yeah, totally. Change is good. And there's been some changes that came along that have actually been good that we've needed. We've needed to re establish things. We've needed to, you know, I don't think it's bad that I now have clean hands when I go into a supermarket. I think that's a good thing. There's lots of things that I think are quite good um, that have came out of COVID.
1: Definitely.
0: So I don't think anyone could have expected the COVID-19 pandemic and the massive impact that's had on everybody. And it's been really great to hear from you, Laura, about how dentistry has been impacted by this. So thanks for joining us today.
2: Well, thank, thanks very much for, for having me. And um, I wish you both well um, Ryan and Becky with your future careers in dentistry and who knows what the future holds but hopefully things can only get better thank you
0: we are really enjoying making these episodes and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry
1: and you can follow us on Instagram at dental to keep up to date with us
0: until our next episode bye, bye.